This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, this is Jan. You are listening to the Langpreneur podcast. This is episode number 62. Have you ever thought about starting an online business, but maybe you gave yourself the excuse you know, that you're too busy, you have a job, you have a family, you have kids to take care of, and um, you know, for that reason you just haven't started yet. Or maybe you already do have a successful business and you want to start a family, but of course you don't want to negatively impact your business with that, right? Is it possible to build a thriving business to grow it and at the same time run a family and have a busy life. Well, it's obviously more challenging, but it's definitely possible. And Leia from Leia English is going to share with us how she built a business that is growing very quickly. And uh, and at the same time, she also has two kids she has to take care of. And she's actually able to grow the business in just two hours per day working from her kitchen. Yeah, I know it sounds pretty incredible, but <laughs> we're really going to learn how she did it. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to learn in this show. So we're going to talk about blogging. That's where Leia's traction initially came from. And then how she, how and why she made the transition from blogging to YouTube. She applied the same principles. She did proper keyword research. She created content that both people were searching for, but at the same time also is aligned with what she has to offer. Um, consistency, being unique, how to get attraction in YouTube, collecting email addresses, course creation. We're going to talk about all of that. And of course, she's also going to share with us how her experience, how she managed to build all of this while having a fan family and only having two hours per day that she can spend on the business. So I think you're going to like this one, especially if you are well, maybe you have a family yourself, maybe you're thinking about starting a family, uh, or maybe you just think you are too busy, then I think that this interview is going to be really inspirational for you. So, hope you enjoy. Here's my interview with Leah. Hey Leah, welcome to the Langpreneur podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. So yeah, um, so I'm an English teacher online now. Uh, I teach English to French speakers, so that's kind of my niche right now. Um, I've been uh, building my own online business for three and a half years, no, two and a half years. But I've only launched uh, my first course in September this year. So I could say that my business is a real business just uh, from this year. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you have lots of traffic on your website and you have you also have a YouTube channel which is growing very quickly. But let's start you know, at the beginning because you said you started two and a half years ago. What, what do you mean? You started a blog two and a half years ago? Yes, how did you start? Exactly. So I started with my website in, uh, I, I think it was August 2017. Yeah. And I bought a sh uh, course about how to start a a blog, not a business, but a blog. So I was all in and I published one article every week for, I think, one, one and a half years, um, maybe two years. And then I realized that having a blog, having an audience is good, but you should do something with it. So I started to look um, uh, information about YouTube because I thought that now that I've understood how a blog works, now that I have traction on my blog, maybe I should add another 
another social media, another platform. So I researched, I would not recommend doing that, but I researched how to uh, make nice videos, how to understand the algorithm on YouTube for few months, maybe three or more, uh, before I dare to start and make my own videos. But, and then I, my YouTube channel grew quite quickly. So I started it in January this year, 2020. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at 52,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. So now, now that I've understood how it works, <laughs> I would like to start a podcast. I try to uh, not go too quickly. So yes, my two main platforms, I'm on my website and my YouTube channel. I also have an Instagram account with 6,000 people and I started like one one year ago also yeah so what about a what about a blog I mean the blog grew very quickly you get you got tons of traffic I mean like can you give some numbers like how much traffic did you get after the first year do you remember that and were you were you satisfied with that what what was the goal at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was quite slow but from what I've understood and what I've researched I think growing a website takes more time because Google needs to trust you trust your website so I had I did everything I could with backlinks like um, using links to like Wikipedia and stuff Uh, so I tried to optimize almost all of my articles um, and then send to the people on my email list, then they could go on my website. So I would have external link referring my website. So I tried to do all this and I would say it took maybe a year because I needed to publish articles. So after a year, I had like 50 articles and I could start analyzing the data. Yeah. And I could figure out what articles were performing and yeah. what uh, were the keywords people were using. So I think that's also maybe the reason why it's more it's, it takes more time also for a website to get traction is yeah. that you, you need some content to attract people and figure out what's working. So yeah. after a year, I understood that this is working. So, okay, they are typing this keyword and these keywords. So after a year, I understood what was working kind of, yeah. and I could double down. So it, yeah. after one year, it was much quicker. So after one year, maybe I had... 100 200 visitors maybe a day. a day and now i'm at more than 1000 um between 1000 and 1500 i think every day yeah so what were some of the things that were working for my website the beginning? yeah for the website i mean mm, so as every platform i would say i tried i guessed that what people were looking um looking uh, at on you on on google Mm -hmm. and so i was just trying i think what is important also is not just guessing what would work and just do that because you would i was quite surprised with the articles that were performing so i did a bit of everything like vocabulary grammar i was trying to think what people are looking so if they um, they are big what are the questions they are um, asking themselves and what is the grammar rules they want to find on the internet Mm. so I did a bit of grammar and um, sometimes I tried exercise with pdf so I tried different things vocabulary uh, lists of vocabulary for example all the sports in English this one was is, is still working very well so it's just a list of words but people are looking for this keyword so yes, lists of words and uh, grammar rules, everything that the typical French speaker would look for on, on the internet to learn English. So all those things were working? Not all of them. Um, at the beginning, I wrote articles that I was really interested in. And I thought, they're, they're brilliant. People will love them and stuff. But 
even if it's interesting, nobody's looking for these keywords. Yeah. And maybe if people read it, they would like it, but they don't find it because they don't research the keywords. So I think it's the same for YouTube. You have to first produce content keyword friendly so people find your website. So if you don't have any audience, you have to start with something that people will find at the first place. Can you give a few examples of things that were working and that you doubled down on for the blog? Yes. <laughs> That's, uh, um, yeah. So I, I think I started to, I wrote one article that was whatever plus PDF uh, document. So I saw that this article was doing well. <laughs> so I, for the next three months, also every for every article i added a pdf to download ah. but, but i'm not sure that was so smart because yes i got so much traction and yes i don't know if this helped so much but uh, i think it made a difference when when people looked for a specific um, for example a vocabulary list and they would find all these these um, um articles there would be mine plus PDF document. So I think it helped uh, for them to click on it. But then it was so much work because I had to write the blog post and then make a PDF. And yeah, I was just giving everything for free and I didn't know how to uh, get the email address in exchange of the PDF. So it was too much work for what it was worth. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, why, I mean, blogging was working. You were already collecting email addresses at the time, I think. So why did you make the step to you? Yes, I was. I mean, if, if something, if it was working, then why not just double down on? And just for the audience, by the way, so you teach French, uh, sorry, you teach English to French speakers, right? So yes. you, you do everything in French. Yes, everything is in French. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit about YouTube. Why, why, why yeah. did you make that switch? Um, good question. <laughs> um, I guess... Because I was consum consuming so much content on YouTube mm. and everything that was... Um, so I was not using YouTube so much in the past uh, for my personal use. But then to grow my business, I was looking every information, every question that, that I had. I was looking for it on Google and then quickly on YouTube because it's much easier to understand a concept, something that is hard on YouTube. And I realized that, yeah, I liked it more and more and I was following... Uh, different people and every video that it would uh, publish I would watch them so I thought that would that could be a really great way to um, yeah to have more traction and I think it also helps because people show you uh, see you sorry um, they see how you speak and they can trust you more than with just a blog post yeah. so um, yeah and I saw people having amazing results with YouTube so I thought why not me yeah I mean people in your niche or just in, in general in general in general yes yeah. So when I was looking for information like how to grow an email list or something, then these people were saying things about YouTube as well. So I, did, I ended up watching videos about YouTube and I was like, my gosh, this is amazing. It's a search engine like Google and people see your face. They can trust you more. So yeah, I just realized that not necessarily in um, teaching English industry, but just in general, I was, wow, YouTube is very powerful. So. Yeah. But a lot of teachers on, on YouTube were teaching English to French speakers when you got started. Oh, well, you only got started at the beginning of this year, right? So yes. <laughs> it's all still quite recent. But is there a lot of um, people doing the same thing? That's also 
That's also one of the reasons why I started on YouTube because I think there are more blog, uh, more, more websites um, teaching English and French than there are YouTube channels teaching English and French. Yeah. So I don't have so many competitors, uh, YouTube competitors. I was really surprised and shocked to see that there were really few YouTubers uh, creating content in French to uh, teach English. So yeah. I thought there was a gap or an opportunity there also. Yeah. And you already know how to do, you know, how to build traction on your website, how to do keyword mm -hmm. research and all that thing. So you just copy that same formula and, and you apply that to YouTube. Exactly. So, mm. Is that how it works or like how is YouTube different? How do you do keyword research for YouTube, for example? Is that different from? Yeah. So I think, um, so I would say there are two main type of platforms. There are platforms like um, Instagram that are not keyword uh, based. So you cannot really type You've got the hashtags, but it's it's harder for me to grow on Instagram and Facebook than it is on YouTube and Google. Because once you figure out what is the algorithm and how it works, you can just apply, apply, and see what works. Uh, look at the stats and just double down on that. And it's evergreen content, so it's not like Instagram. You create one post and then nobody will see it. It's gone. So, uh, I try to publish on Instagram for every day for six months, and I grew so so little i was so frustrating and I, my youtube channel is growing much faster and it's okay it's a bit more work but actually it's not that much more and it's evergreen so it's working for you every day yeah. so um, for youtube i mainly use um extension on chrome that is free that is called tube buddy yeah. um that's where i start first you have to figure out what people are what information they're looking for and then you just uh, validate these ideas on on TubeBuddy. Yeah, so TubeBuddy. Do you have any resource for people who want to become better at at uh, YouTube keywords or just ranking better on on YouTube? Like, where, yeah. How did you learn all this? Um. So I, I I'm following three uh, people on YouTube. One is uh, Sunny Lenardzi. Uh, and she has a course. I haven't bought it, but I just follow her free content. And there's also Vanessa Lau. Uh, I bought her course. So this was one more on about Instagram and how to grow business using Instagram. And there's another that is called um, Catherine Manning. Mm -hmm. So that's how you learned how to, yes. how to get yeah. traction on YouTube. So what exactly. were some of the main takeaways that you learned from all those courses and that you learned from the research that you did before you got started on YouTube? I mean, keyword research and using TubeBuddy, what you just said. Mm -hmm. Are there like, other things that you think are worth mentioning? Mm, I th think, yes, it's like every, maybe not every platform, but if you want, so I think you have to be careful because you, you're attracting people, but what you want is not just be famous on YouTube, you want to have a business. So I would not give you an advice for YouTube, I would give you an advice about um, everything that is around. So yeah. YouTube is the tip of the iceberg, so I could give you more advice about YouTube to grow on YouTube. But if you don't have a funnel, a system, something, if you don't sell anything, if you're not clear about your business model, then yeah. why growing? So yeah. um, I would say, yes, growing on YouTube helps, but you also have to be intentional in your videos and how you speak, in your target audience. You have to find a way that these people could become your clients or customers. Yeah. Otherwise, it's, yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, we and we've talked. You you also in our Langpreneur Accelerator program, mm -hmm. and we've talked about this many times, right? It's not. I mean, meaning a, having a huge audience, you know, whether it is on on 
whether you have lots of traffic mm-hmm. on your blog or whether you have a big YouTube channel, it doesn't always mean anything, right? Mm-hmm, so exactly. The most important is that you have an audience that has a problem and that is willing to pay for a solution mm-hmm. to the problems, right? So exactly. it needs to be mm-hmm. purchased intent. So mm-hmm. just for our listeners, you know, if they do lots of, if they do keyword research and they mm-hmm. teach French to English speakers, sorry, English speakers, uh, <laughs> it's always, always tricky. They teach English to French speakers. Mm-hmm. And it, it turns out that there is a keyword that says, I don't know, how to learn, how to learn Spanish. And obviously, you know, maybe if you do, you grow your mm-hmm. channel, but you don't grow your business, right? So exactly. it's always important mm-hmm. to have everything aligned, your mm-hmm. product, and you can work backwards, right? If you already have the course, mm-hmm. you start with your product, you make sure that you're very clear that you bring across the same message in the sales process, and then that you create videos relevant to that topic on your YouTube channel as well. So how do you, how do you balance that? Mm-hmm. Like, do you, do you just do your keyword research you have a list and then you just filter out mm-hmm. what's not relevant for so, for your audience or uh, uh, so what they advise on on how to grow a youtube channel is having you you can have different type of content content to attract people yeah. uh, and content for your for your followers content yeah. that will uh, make people be aware of your product yeah. so i have a balance so there are videos that i know that will attract people people will find me and there are there's other, there are other videos that i know that are more to make people realize that they are not maybe learning the right way so they, i have a balance of different um different type of content but what i do is i use yes i use keywords but when then i say whatever i want in the video so even if it's um the 10 apps to learn quickly whatever i will always say things a way that they understand that yeah my method is working or yeah i i mean i will always um have something that is pretty much keyword friendly but then i can say whatever i want in the video so i try to have uh keyword friendly videos with valuable content that uh, makes them be aware that they yeah. need my solution more or less yeah do you also just ignore keywords that that rank high but that are like, like for for example like top 10 apps to learn English, right? What if you're not about apps at all? Like, do you sometimes just ignore those keywords or do you always try to make it fit? Like, why do you, when do you dismiss them and when do you mm-hmm. tweet them in a way that is irrelevant for? I, I always find something to say. <laughs> so I think it's also when you create something, a product, they say, um, sell them what they want, give them what they need. So I use this. Mm. Uh, I I have a video called the top 10 apps, free apps that you need. But I don't say that you, uh, yes, you can learn English for free, but it's it's faster if you get helped, if you have a program, if you, uh, you cannot just learn from one app, you need a combination of apps. So what I say in these videos is, um, yes, I mean, what was your question? <laughs> so if I, yes, I will always find a video um, video idea. Okay. And so yeah, the, the question was, if you also like dismiss keywords that yeah. are not mm-hmm. relevant for your channel. So okay. you're basically saying that you, you use anything that, mm-hmm. you know, you just use all the keywords that come up, mm-hmm. but you just find a way to. Make so it- you can, so you, you cannot type like English, give me keywords on, on chip, but you have mm-hmm. to have ideas. 
and you validate these ideas. Ah, so first okay. you have to come up with a list of uh, keywords of titles. So how to learn a language quickly. So the, the, the app, the, the extension will not do the work for you. Ah, you need okay. to have your ideas and then you validate. And sometimes you will type like how to learn English quickly. Uh, it will say there's too much competition. So mm. don't go for this keyword, but you have to come up with the ideas. Yeah. So you come up with the ideas yourself or you also look what other YouTubers are doing? Um, so I do both. Um, I sometimes check uh, other people's YouTube channels. So you just click on video, then you you just uh, sort by the most popular. And you just sometimes for inspiration, I just check the titles um, and I see what uh, people are interested in. So I mix both. Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I look at what others are doing, but I never copy. Mm -hmm. So you get an idea for a good video, either you mm -hmm. come up with the idea yourself or maybe you get inspired by other YouTubers mm -hmm. and then you validate it with the mm -hmm. tool, TubeBuddy. Mm -hmm. What else is important if you want to go, well, viral, mm -hmm. maybe not viral, yeah. but if you want to grow the channel quick? Sure. So, <clears throat> so having a um, keyword title friendly, keyword friendly title is good. But if YouTube promotes your video and nobody clicks on it, then uh, YouTube will stop promoting it. Yeah. So um, it's important to have something catchy. And this is what I hate about YouTube. So you have to say, whoa, this is the new method to learn in two days. Otherwise, people will not click. So you have to find the right balance between telling the truth, but having something catchy yeah. so that people click on your thumbnail. So a thumbnail is important. And also, once they click on your video, YouTube wants them to watch as long as, yeah. they, as they can. So you have... Uh, I to structure your content and go straight to the point, not have long intros like two or three minutes long. So just go straight to the point. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all the mm -hmm. tips and just for the people who are listening and, and say, okay, who is Leah? Why should I listen to her? <laughs> well, you, you only got started the beginning of this year. When was it exactly? Uh, January 2020, yes, on YouTube. January. And now you have like 51,000 subscribers. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. And I mean, you also shared some numbers in, in our group, like the mm -hmm. number of watch time that you have mm -hmm. is also... Five minutes or more. Mm. Yeah, but I mean like the, uh, oh, sorry, the, the number, the of, number uh, of views, views yes. per mm. month. Which is, which is extremely high for a channel of your size, like a quarter million. So right? uh, it's 330,000 uh, views yeah, per so month. Mm. I mean, I know many YouTubers in our space who have like six or 700,000 mm. uh, mm -hmm. followers and they, well, only, and they get like a million and you get like one third of that mm -hmm. with the channel that is 14 times smaller. So there's lots of potential in, in what mm -hmm. you have there. Um, any, any, I mean, any idea why it's growing so quickly? I mean, you're doing the right thing, right? The keywords, the thumbnails, all the things that you just shared. Yes. Um, competition, is it that? Is it just that you is have that an there is not There is <laughs> so, a high demand and there is not many, many people are offering the same thing? Or? I think, yes, there are different factors. So one is that there is not so much competition, for sure. Um, I was really surprised, but on YouTube, there are not that many people uh, teaching English in French. But I think it's also that I understand my audience and I I make sure to never say the same things that others are saying. So if I teach something, I will teach it in a different way. So for example, model verbs. So I will not uh, teach the same way as the grammar book that you have. I will always try to find a different spin. I will explain it in a different way. And I think that's what people like. And I tell them something they've never heard before. Not that something extraordinary, but I explain them why they cannot 
figure out the grammar, why they keep doing this mistake. Um, so I think they, yeah, I, I try to explain in a different way. So I have comments every day saying like, I'm getting addicted to your content because it's finally something not that is fantastic or extraordinary, but that is different. And now I understand why I didn't understand before. Oh, that's really, that's really powerful mm -hmm. what you got there then. So, I mean, and then I guess the next question is, what is the business, right? Because you yes. got all this traction um, on the blog, now also on the YouTube channel. People are going to your website, they're giving their email addresses, you're collecting email addresses like crazy. Mm -hmm. what, what's, what's, what's the business? Have you, have you figured out what the business yes. is? Are no. you already selling? Or Finally, yeah. So um, I get approximately 150, 200 emails every day. Yeah. But as is we discussed, this, yeah. By the way, the number is really crazy because I know, yes. <laughs> you know many marketers who have been doing this for five, six, seven years and who are really good, mm -hmm. who are getting similar numbers and you only, you're getting <laughs> the same amount of email addresses after just one year organically. I, I yeah. think that's worth a big uh, congratulations. Mm. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. And I, I don't even uh, say, I don't have call to act. I should probably, but I don't have call to actions in my YouTube videos because yeah. I'm too afraid <laughs> to change the, the freebie. So um, yeah, they just click. Uh, I have, so in my description box, I have a link saying, if you want to download this program, just uh, click here. And I also often have the first comment that says the same. Uh, and I have pop-ups on my website and stuff. So um, right now, I, I'm just finishing a course for intermediate learners. And I will relaunch in, in February next year. So I, I'm not selling anything right now. But I sold and I had a course launch in September this year. Yeah. So that was my first. So I'm just also learning. Mm -hmm. But I would like to relaunch in, um, in February uh, this intermediate course, have a beginner course in spring. And then I, I will try to have then them on Evergreen and see what's, what works best, a launch or Evergreen. So that's the goal for now, right? I mean, you yes. already launched mm -hmm. this program last year and now the idea is to make it Evergreen mm -hmm. so that you can offer it to you know, to every person who opts in on your website, exactly. to, to mm -hmm. every email address that you get, basically, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a hundred, and this is just for our audience, by the way, we already talked about that, but mm -hmm. yeah, if you have 150 leads coming in every single day, I mean, a certain percentage is going to buy, right? Mm -hmm. and, well, if, if let's say 2% buys and your course costs, I don't know, two, 300 euros, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the business. Exactly. So, that looks uh, that all looks very promising. Um, mm -hmm. Congratulations on that. Now, how do you combine creating content, developing courses, and being a mother and mm -hmm. wife or partner as well? Because you also you work from home. You have a family. You have two young kids, same age as mine, one and three. Mm -hmm. How do you combine that? Um, so with. This situation is really hard because uh, some days the babysitter doesn't work, <laughs> others she does. So I have one or two hours uh, that I can work every day. And sometimes I don't work. Yeah, and sometimes I cannot work for two days because uh, I have my kids. So yes, it's, um, it's tricky. But I think what helps is that I have this goal in mind and I know I figured out how it works, uh, how the algorithm works on YouTube and on my website. So Right now, because I have limited time, I only focus on what's working. So uh, it's frustrating sometimes because I would like to publish videos uh, that I like, that I enjoy, uh, things that I want to share. But right now, I just focus on what's working and what helps to 
to make make um, people buy my product when I launch it. So um, I'm really strategic about what I create because I have limited time. So I'm not on TikTok. I don't publish on Instagram so much because it's not helping that much. So I think when you know where your business is, it helps to yeah. to move the needle on your business and, and be efficient. So in your case, is it's YouTube videos that people are searching for <clears throat> and and what? Course creation, I guess. Yes, exactly. So I don't, so I, after, when I started on YouTube in January, I stopped publishing articles on my website uh, because it was, I had 1,500 visitors a day. So I thought that was enough <laughs> and I wanted to go all in on YouTube. So I published one video a week uh, for six months or, and now I'm, I'm more like one video every 10 days or so. Uh, so I stopped on my website because I thought that would I would grow quickly uh, on YouTube if I just focused on, on YouTube. Yeah. So I stopped Instagram as well because it was too time consuming. So I don't spend two hours every day working on a post on Instagram. So um, that's why I can work one or two hours a day and be efficient and, and have, uh, have traction and really do something just because I focus on what's working. And I think it's a weakness um, Yes, it's a disadvantage to work from home with two children. <laughs> My daughter goes to school just two days a week. <laughs> so it's a, uh, I have them, um, and my, hu- my husband is working three days a week. I cannot work almost because I have my children. So, but it allows me to, uh, then I know I have to be efficient when I work. So if I have one hour, yeah. I make a YouTube video. <laughs> Isn't that stressful? Because I mean, I'm, I'm more or less in the same situation, right? And especially this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the daycare and the schools being closed. Mm-hmm. I find it very difficult to, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, to focus, to focus on work and focus mm-hmm. on the kids. Like when I focus on work and thinking about the kids and when I'm with the kids and thinking about work, yeah, can, totally. can you, mm-hmm. do you have the same or like, can you distinguish the, the two? Yeah, right? totally. It's all in the, in the same house, right? It's all happening mm-hmm. in the same space. So, and, and, and I, I don't have, so right now I'm in my room, YouTube room, but my office is in the kitchen. So when I work, and my children are at home, they're always around. So, but what I think helps is um, planning the day before. So, or just planning. I, I never sit and think what YouTube video am I going to make? Because uh, if I spend half an hour thinking, then it's, it's, my son will come and then it's over. So I always have few video ideas. And when I have half an hour or an hour <laughs> without my children, I know what video I, I have to make. So um, when I have five or 10 minutes here, I try to search for video ideas. If I have my video ideas, then I will try to script or bullet point some of them. Then when there's an hour of, free, of freedom without children, I have at least one video that is uh, scripted or with bullet points and I, I can be efficient. So I just... When I have five minutes, I can do this type of work. If I have half an hour, I can do that type of work. Uh, if I have my children around or sleeping in a nap for half an hour, I just answer emails or comments. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to hear uh-huh. that you, you're building this business, like a YouTube channel growing like crazy, um, tons of traction on the blog, collecting 150 email addresses per day, developing courses, and you're doing everything in two hours per day from your kitchen. Yeah, with, but, with the kids around. <laughs> yes, I think what helped is also that um, I've worked on my website 
for one year and a half and I worked more, I think, than I, what I'm working on now. Yeah. So, um, but yes, I think when I see my, my colleagues uh, teaching online also that um, I see some of them are every day on Instagram. They post every day on Instagram. They have a TikTok account. They also have a YouTube channel. They have their course. They're creating a course. They might have a blog, I guess. And they are creating content everywhere. And this takes so much time. But if you focus on just YouTube channel, uh, your course, then you have uh, 50% less work to do. Yeah. Do Like, how do you... How do you go about, what's the difference between traffic from the blog and the YouTube channel? Like, do you know, can you see that traffic from YouTube is more likely to buy or like from the 150 email addresses that you get per day? Do you know, like mm-hmm. the percentage that's coming from YouTube and, blo- and, and the blog? Is that yeah, so, that? yeah, I have two different freebies. Uh, right now on YouTube, I have only one freebie, uh, mm. a PDF to download. And on the website, I have two others so i know with them um, yeah where the emails are coming from so i would say it's roughly two-third from youtube and one-third from my website well mm-hmm. so then youtube is really working it's not mm-hmm. just number of subscribers and the number of views it's also the number of email addresses. yes exactly mm-hmm. oh okay well that's good to know so so yeah a way to to see where the traffic is coming from is just mm-hmm. by offering you can just offer a different lead magnet for each traffic source, yes right? it wasn't on purpose but yes that's how it is now <laughs> Yeah, well, that's good to know. Um, so you said you get started like two and a half year, year ago. Your oldest child is three years now. Mm-hmm. Is is so? Is that like when you got started? Did you have a job at the time, or what were you doing? Like, mm-hmm. three years ago? Uh, so I've been teaching for four years, and I'm a freelancer. So I have a special status in France. Um, so before starting my online business, I was teaching in different places in companies at university, uh, in business schools, engineering schools. So I tried pretty much everything in the city where I live that is not that big. And in December last year, I stopped working because I was pregnant. Yeah. And when my son was born in February, I thought that if I want this business to work, I have to have more time because I was working at night after providing my classes and it was, I was stressed out, burned out. So I didn't want to keep teaching and build my online business because I thought it would take 10 more years. So I decided that I would um, try only my business uh, till September. So I said that would have an extended uh, maternity leave from January to September. And in spring, I even decided that I would not go back to work (laughs) because if I knew deep down that it would work and I knew that I didn't want to go back to normal teaching. So I was like, if you want it to work, you have to, yeah, just keep going. You cannot go back to work. Every hour you spend teaching to a classroom, to a class, sorry, uh, you're not spending one hour on your business. So um, I turned down all the offers that I had in, in spring. And I now you have no choice, just go for it. <laughs> yeah, then you, you, well, you almost burn the bridges, right? It's also when you say no exactly. to, that extra, to that extra income. Mm-hmm. Like you have to make it, you have to make it work, and I also think that once you get used mm-hmm. to that freedom, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think I've thought about it for a long time. Like, what you know, what the things just don't work out, like, and then what? Just go go back, work for a boss, and mm-hmm. you know, earn like an average salary. It's just you just, we have to make it work, right? Any 
you know, what, yeah, any tips or lessons that you want to share here with, with people who, who want to get started on YouTube? I think that's why I would start. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, say, yeah, sure. So they often say you have to choose the, the platform where you're more comfortable with. So if yeah. you're comfortable with writing, that was my case, just write a website, uh, start a website. If you like videos, then go on, on, on YouTube. But no one is really comfortable on video at first. So I don't think it's the, exactly the right way to, to proceed. Uh, I was not comfortable on camera for, for six months. I was, it was awkward. So I was more comfortable writing things. So I started a website, but it's not because you, you don't feel that comfortable uh, being on camera that you cannot try YouTube or making videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So how do so, you become comfortable on, on camera? It's just a matter uh, of just trying. Press record and just make 10, 20, 50 videos. Yeah. Yes, it's just... Don't wait that you're ready to start because I was not ready in January. And if you wait, you, you, you get ready by, um, by creating videos. The more videos you, you make, the more comfortable you will get. So I think it's just the harder it is to start. The first one is uh, the, the hardest, I guess. What about people who want to run, who want to build an online business, but who are thinking about starting a family or maybe they already have a family? Mm -hmm. I mean, so, you said to them. Yeah, I think so when I so when I had this idea of creating an online business, I think I was either pregnant or I had my daughter already and I kept telling myself so I, I kept telling myself that um yes, they can do it because they have no children. This girl I I only saw people succeeding in the language uh, learning industry with no children. So I was like, yes, I'd like to, but I can't. And then I had a second child. I was, oh my gosh, it's getting worse. So how can I uh, succeed? I have little time. I can't. It's just, I'm exhausted. They can work 10 hours a day if they want. I have just two hours to work. But then I found one person on YouTube that is not teaching languages. She's just um, uh, teaching you how to create an online business. And she has four children. So I thought like, whoa, if she can do it, I can do it too. So then I stopped and somehow I guess I just uh, stopped thinking, having negative thoughts and because I thought that it's preventing me from succeeding. So at the beginning I was like, who am I to teach people online? Who am I to start an online business? Yeah. Uh, will people buy from me? Whatever. And somehow it was too much um, stress and I couldn't handle the stress of the imposter syndrome and stuff and yeah. working. So a few months ago, I was like, just stop uh, all these negative thoughts and just, just go for it. So how do you overcome those limiting beliefs? Is it just getting, exp exactly. just seeing other people in the, in the industry yes. doing it? Mm -mm. So I think the, the, yes, the, the worst is uh, limiting beliefs and telling yourself that you cannot. Yeah. Uh, I think it's all the rest you can figure out. Uh, how to build an email list, how to start on YouTube. You will find the answers everywhere, but how to be confident, how to um, not have these limiting beliefs, this is, uh, I think, the hardest part because it's what's preventing you from starting and from, yeah, continuing. Mm. So what would you say to people who either have a full-time job or have a family or maybe they have both? Uh, would you say that it's still possible even if they only have like two hours per day? Yeah, for sure. As I long think, as they focus mm -hmm. on the things that matter, right? Yeah, so I would say that. But the problem is at the beginning, you don't know what matters yeah. and what, what's working. Yeah. So um, I think the beginning is just trying things right here and there, make videos and see. You have to be patient, I guess. If you want it to work, 
two hours is more than is better than nothing so um, just know that you will not work in a few months or even a year um i started making money uh, two and a half years or two years after i started so um, it will take time but if you're patient and you just keep going it, it will work and i also remember telling myself uh all the time you cannot because i um I was a sport. Um, uh, I was in the French national team in orienteering, so for ten years. So I was. I had my my daughter and this orienteering thing. So I was traveling around the world and trying to build an online business, having my job. So and I kept telling myself, "It's too much. You cannot do it. It's too much. You cannot do it." Yeah. So I had to cut down on something. So I stopped uh, the orienteering thing. Mm-hmm. I, I keep running and practicing for myself, but I don't. I'm not in the national team anymore. But if you tell yourself that you cannot do it, you won't do it. If you are sure that it will work, even with two kids and a job, it will work out. You can still make it work. Mm-hmm. Just one more thing that I would like to mention just for our listeners, because we have been talking about lots of the technical things, right? How to, you know, keyword research, how to get traction, the thumbnails, doubling down on what works. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those things are creating good content, of course. Mm-hmm. And all those things, of course, really matter i think another thing which which is really important which we maybe haven't talked about yet um also one thing that i've learned from having all these you know group discussions with other langpreneurs like yourself but also from all these interviews here on the podcast is that most of the people who who succeed um i mean who have a business who are generating income who do not just have an audience but who also really have a real business who are making money who are selling courses are those people who have a niche right mm-hmm. and I, I think it's the same thing here like you solve a very specific problem you help french speakers to learn english and you do that on youtube and there is only a few people out there who do that on youtube and that's how you become the best, right? Just by mm-hmm. choosing a niche that is so small that you are automatically the best. Mm-hmm. Now, your niche is not that small because you still have a few competitors, but at least you are you're mm-hmm. almost there, right? And, you know, so often people are asking me, so what, what's the key to success? And I think that all those things, you know, marketing, keyword research, all those things that we talk about, all those things that we teach, they all matter. But mm-hmm. if you don't have a niche and if you're not, if you don't have a, you know, a hungry crown, as this, as they say, a group mm-hmm. of people that's willing to to pay your money, then things are then it all doesn't matter. You know, you mm-hmm. can be the best marketer in the world. So I think in your case, it's really a combination of two. You do have that niche, you do have unique content, and then you also do have you know the marketing skills and you do your homework. And that's my um, well, that's my that's my take on that. Maybe I'm I mean, you you can tell me. What yeah, I'm sure, you're right, exactly. Right. No, it's true, and I think also my niche. Kind of is also that I teach things a different way. Um, your niche is not just a specific group of people, a specific language. Uh, it's also how you teach and how Approach, you act. Right? Mm, exactly. So I think the way I teach, I don't. I cannot say that I have a specific method, but I try to not give the same content as they can find everywhere else. So always with my spin, with my my experience. Otherwise, it's useless. Just having. I, when I check out my competitors' content, if I see a video about whatever the tense is, sometimes I would watch it and just make sure that I would not say the same thing twice. For me, there's no point having two videos explaining the, the same things. Yeah. So I always try to have it something somehow different. Yeah. So where is this all going? What is the business going to be like in one year from now? What's, what's the goal? Uh, 
Um, so I like to have two courses, uh, beginner and intermediate courses, um, see what's working, if it's better with a launch or evergreen. And even if I have an evergreen um, thing, I might launch sometimes with a discount or with bonuses and stuff. And I'd like to have uh, people helping me. Uh, um, yes, someone build editing me. Yeah, build a team, I guess. I don't know, it's scary, but I guess it's the next step. Um, so yes, uh, having also um, some products because people like to learn on their their own and some people cannot afford so much uh, full course to, so maybe having small products here and there having fun i guess is what having i want fun. That's yes <laughs> and you want to keep working only two hours per day uh, i think even yeah even if i like what i'm doing when i work more i'm just scrolling on instagram creating useless content so yes i think i keep this two-hour thing because it's working <laughs> Running, building a business in two hours per day. I think that's going to be the, the title of this uh, podcast episode. Leah, it was a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, if people want to learn more about you and they want to see your work, where can they go? So you can type Leah English, so Leah is my name, uh, on YouTube or Google, and you will find all my social medias, I guess. Are you at a point where you feel you need some expert help? then make sure to check out our Langpreneur coaching programs at langpreneur.com forward slash coaching. For now, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.